Got time for a quick story. It is rare when you live and grown up in a smaller metropolitan area like Eau Claire, Wisconsin, where I'm, I'm from, to know someone who's got a pretty direct connection to a musician who's had a lot of big hits. Sometimes it, you, you could have that literally anywhere, but it's not as common as if you lived in like New York or Los Angeles or even the Twin Cities or Milwaukee. And yeah, there are some people who've had musical success from Eau Claire. Justin Vernon, Bon Iver, the most obvious example of that. Side note, when I was in show choir at Memorial High School in Eau Claire, my senior year, Justin Vernon, as a freshman, played guitar in the show band that accompanied show choir. Did a pretty mean guitar solo when we did a version of Danger Zone. Anyway, I discovered year and a half, two years ago or so, that one of my co-workers here at the radio station, who worked in sales, had crossed paths with Patti Smythe because her daughter works as a songwriter and producer in the L.A. area and has worked with Patti Smythe. I thought, oh my gosh, really? Wow, I was kind of blown away by that. Of course, I knew Patty Smythe was. You, you're familiar with Patty Smythe is. If you're listening to this edition of the podcast, obviously you know. And if you don't, The Warrior, goodbye to you. Sometimes love just ain't enough. Three big hits she's had with Scandal and Solo. Well, in 2020, found out that she was going to release a new album. First new album in over a decade of, of new music, of non-Christmas music. She had a Christmas album in 2015, but first time she'd had a new album in a long time. Oh, really? You got to go back to 1992. Her self-titled album, Patti Smythe, the one that produced Sometimes Love Just Ain't Enough. But, well, you know what? I should see if I can get an interview with Patti Smythe, and I wonder if she'd make all the connections that I just made. So, I'm talking to Patti Smythe, and I'm talking especially about the new album. It's about time, which is I, almost been a half year now since it's been out no, it's about time came I out. I know. October 9th was the date? Yes. Is I'll... it a new record? No, it's my newest record. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, now people put out a single every other week, right? So I'm like, late. <laughs> yeah. I'm working on it. I know. What, <laughs> so when's your, what's your next project going to be? <laughs> <laughs> I actually been writing songs, so I might just throw out a single. Who the heck knows? That might be fun to just try to do that. Oh, why the heck not at this point? Um, what... What do you think about the album now, several months or so, November to September? I'm five months down the road. What? How do you feel about the whole thing? I hate thing? it. <laughs> <laughs> Why did you it do stuck. this? <laughs> what was I thinking? <laughs> no, I mean, what was the question? No, how, what do you, what do like, you think of it now? I mean, I the, the main thing I think is, like, what took me so long? You know? Like, right. It, it really, you know, when I came, when, like I was saying before, because I, I was doing an interview earlier, it was this, all of a sudden, you know, we were in COVID, we were in lockdown, and then like two two or three months in, or I guess it was probably two months in, they were like, well, you know, the, the first thing was coming out in July. I'm like, what? So then we had to like figure out what I was going to call it, what it was going to look like, what I was, you know, all these things. So that's how it came up. I said it's about fucking time, but, it, you know, it's had to be, it's about time. 
Right. And then I realized the record is also about time. A lot of time has gone by. The song is about time, time, different times in my life. The, the first single was about a, a time that I longed for back in my childhood when things were simpler and the world was simpler or whatever, not really realizing that, you know, going into this lockdown, that that was kind of a, a, an apropos song for the time. Mm -hmm. Who doesn't want to get in a car and drive out of this right now, you know, back to any other place yeah. in a way, you know, except for all the, my agoraphobic friends who are very happy right now. <laughs> um, and there's a few of those, let me tell you. Yep, I know. But I mean, it's like, uh, I, I feel like, I am happy with it. You know, like you're never, you never really feel like you're done in a way. You know, I wonder how painters ever finish a painting to me because like, I don't know. I always, and I ask, I have a lot of friends who are painters. And I ask like, how do you know that last brush was it? You know, and mm -hmm. the last tweak of a lyric. So there are some songs on there that I feel like, you know, and sometimes when you write a new song and you record it you and you haven't played it live, it also changes as you play it live and you you, you kind of wear it better. But I feel like um, most of the songs I had been playing live, except for uh, I'm going to get there. But I, I feel pretty good about the song. I, feel, I, I just, I feel like, I mean, about the album, I feel like it broke the ice, the ice for me. For some reason, I was having a hard time just giving birth and, you know, <laughs> and handing it over for whatever I was touring constantly i was writing all the time but i would not give that baby up right what what songs have been the favorites from fans you've seen online or in any interaction you've had which ones have been standing out the most i think people really like drive and build a fire they mm -hmm. like build a fire because it rocks and then i would say probably losing things you know and i mean the downtown train has gotten a lot of because who records a song twice? Me. <laughs> but um, I would say Build a Fire because it, it, it rocks and it's a song I wrote about my husband and I. And I think it felt like a, like a me song, you mm -hmm. know? Um, I would say that. And Drive. Yeah. Um, and it, What it, about you? Oh, boy. I'm, I'm trying to think. Uh, I, I need to actually, you know what? I need to give the album a re-listen because I gave it like two listens through a few weeks ago. I, I got to re-listen through it, but tell you what, I will actually. I'm going to email. Um, I'm going to email the contacts, so you'll find out afterwards. I will let you know okay. which one. I'm going to give another listen later on this evening. I'll tell you which one because they're oh, almost right on the top of my head. You. I know. Thanks for thanks for for doing that. But I <laughs> but I promise I will tell you which one was my favorite on there. I do remember when uh, a few weeks ago when I was getting ready, the downtown train video premiered. And was watching that literally like at right after it premiered, like that afternoon. Where did you shoot your part for that? You know, listen, I went home two times and did two videos for this record, okay? In the time where no one's flying, this chick is flying a lot, mm -hmm. okay? For Downtown Train, I felt I had to shoot that on a subway and I did not want to get on the subway. I just, I just didn't feel like doing that. You know, like it was just going to be me and this guy Dave DeDuvin and doing it. I don't know what happened. I just was like, I don't know if I should do it. You know, and I was out, I, I'm in California now. I, I've been here most of the time. So I, I, I just, it just wasn't, I didn't get it together to do it, whatever. And so they found some live footage. I don't know where that's from. You know, my team found this live footage and I was like, take 
99% of it out because I don't like it <laughs> and do, you know, they have all this other stuff, all this really cool graphics and stuff that was good. Mm-hmm. But I was like, maybe you could just do less of this stuff because, you know, it, it was cut so quickly. I'm like, slow down the cuts and take me out. Right. <laughs> and so I have no idea where that was shot. <laughs> I love that. I absolutely love that. It was that. like a live, it, it's a, you know, I can tell by my hair that I had my hair done. Right. But I don't know where it's from. Okay. But- I really don't. Like someone, they found some, it was a live concert. I'm singing it live. Right. But, and that's how I sang it live, stripped down like that with just a guitar. But I don't know where Because right, I, I, I couldn't tell either. I was thinking this might have been filmed for the video itself, but it also looks like it was taken from, but I couldn't really tell on on that. It works, obviously. But yeah, I, I wasn't quite sure either. So they obviously did a good job with that, making it not too specific to one thing or another. And it, it blends with, with all these sort of cities and landscapes. They did and a great job. They really did a great job. I just didn't like the way I looked at it in it because... It's really important where a camera is, and the camera's kind of down. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. it's down and like to my stage left, I guess. And it just was not mm-hmm. a good angle. So it was, that's why I was like, just take me out as much as you possibly can. Yeah. Do you and ha- they did a good job. Do you have, I'm, I'm, I'm curious about it because a lot of us that are involved with entertainment in some form where we're on camera and whatever capacity we seem to have like a good side or a bad side i know for me it's always like this side i think it has to do with my receding hairline i don't know but do you have like a preferred side is that a thing i don't know i i should know so much more than i do about that stuff the amount that i looked in the mirror when i was younger i never look in the mirror now but i was always looking in the mirror i have no idea my guess would be maybe this side, but I don't know. Okay. Um, I don't know. And I talked to, it's funny because I was asking my husband, I go, I wonder what my good side is. <laughs> no idea. Yeah. You've been on video for, for other things of late. Spin, the videos that you did there were obviously he's playing guitar in, in those, in those um, acoustic settings. Little concerts. Right, yes. yeah. You did the thing with Fallon as well. Did you figure you'd be getting this level of attention at really at for this album with these level like the tonight show and spin magazine getting involved where did you was that part of the plan did this come up how did this all come together um i mean you know i know a lot of people i've been around a a while um i really didn't have any expectation for the record i I didn't know what was going to happen it's hard to know when it's been so long what my fear was, and I think one of the reasons why maybe it, I, I, it took so long to put a record out is I was afraid it was going to be like one of those trees that fall mm-hmm. and no one knows. Yeah. So at least I know that people know that my, my tree fell. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's good. And, um, you know, my team, my publicity team was trying to help, you know, get me on some TV shows. And it, it's very hard to do that now. And I had to do a very weird thing. I had to go to Nashville and I had to record a live performance so it was fish nor fowl. Now, either you're in the studio recording or you're on stage performing. Mm-hmm. So I had to do both in this kind of odd little studio with this funny light rigs, but the cameras and the lights were set up. And so I went down there to record four. I did four songs. I did two new songs and then Goodbye to You and the Warrior, whatever. Right. One was for Rachel Ray. One was for Fallon. Mm-hmm. And then I went back up to New York, but it was like a weird thing to do. It's it was very challenging to do that. I didn't enjoy it. I'm going to be honest, um, just because I, you know, it, it was just it's hard to emote in a to right. a, a camera that's moving. It's not even a person behind a camera. So, 
I did that. And then, you know, uh, I think drive was go- or build a fire was going on, on Fallon and warrior was going, I don't, I don't even remember. So I flew back to New York. Luckily I went to New York for a little bit and that was when he came up with doing this goodbye to you, you know, parody. Right. And then they just reached out to me because I don't know that I would have flown across the country, you know, <laughs> but I was there. Yeah. Which is great. I mean, because like, how many times can you get on a plane when everyone's telling you, don't get on a plane? Right. So I, it was very synchronistic. And I love Jimmy. We fool around and sing together sometimes. I see him around. You know, we move in some of the same circles. And he's just awesome. And so it was really, I was just so happy to be there. And his hair and makeup team were so great. We were having such a good time that when I came out, like, he, he must have emailed me like four times after I did it because he's like, the way you turned around and the way that you were jumping is I was <laughs> so happy. You know, there was like an audience out there. You know, it was maybe only a quarter full and it maybe it was his team, but they were making a lot of noise and it, it just was fun. But yeah. I remember saying to the Roots guy, I'm like, who's playing guitar? Turn up, you know. <laughs> <laughs> nice. This is rock. Right. Turn up, dudes. <laughs> well, and I think you might be the first person I've interviewed who's done like a Fallon, either a parody or Fallon sketch or something like that, which they always get a good amount of attention. If you're going on The Tonight Show, you're doing something with, those are the sorts of things that go viral. That's been the case now for, what, seven, eight years since he really started to do that and it really started to build out. So how much do you rehearse one of those? Like, like what you nothing. Do with, really? No rehearsal. No, I think we went out. Let me think about this. I must have, we must have run it through once. That's what we did. We probably ran it through. Well, I was half in makeup or, or before I did the makeup and hair, went in and then came out. I had a teleprompter. I know the song, except, of course, he changed the words. So I had the words in front of, you know, I, I was trying to know the words. And I wish that I had sung more with him on his part because he had to sing so low to keep it. He kept it in my key. So he dropped down a lot. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we ran through it once, man. That's that's how it, that's how it rolls. You well, just got to do it. Yeah. And I have to make like weird, like, you know, one of the lines was on Fifth Avenue, which is not an easy line to sing <laughs> in Goodbye to You. It was, it was funny, but trying to like, you know, give it the two that it needed. So, but you, you, you just got to do it. You better, you gotta be, you better be able to do it. Right. That song. That's how that goes. But we won the week, you know, that was the week. That's the, he won the, the late night that week. As far as like, you know, the, the most interesting Trumpian thing. <laughs> well, you, it was, you, you can take credit for that. You were part of it. So it, it worked and it, it got a lot of attention. So awesome. Good, good work. Thank you. Well, speaking of that song. As I as I was getting ready, I'm going through like all the old old videos and everything. And I mean, I, I, I obviously remember Warrior Goodbye to You, but I stumbled across the dumb the demo video for Goodbye to You, and I see Paul Schaefer in there. I go, okay, I've known for years, but you but okay, you're you're the authority on this. Paul Schaefer plays the synthesizer solo on that song. Am I correct? Yeah. Okay. Um, so I. That I always found, that's one of my favorite little music factoids. Every time we play, I'm in the studio for the station, so every time we play the song, you're on the radio. I'm like, I almost want to say, Paul Schaefer's doing that on, on there, because I thought I think that's one of the coolest, kind of almost Mozart-ish kind of solos. It's, it's really awesome. I did not expect it's to Del see... Shannon. It's based on Del Shannon. Right, yes. Yeah. Right, yes. How, okay, 
and I and I think I read a little bit. I don't about, remember there being a goodbye to you demo video. Honestly, it's it's on YouTube. But there's it, a there's a line on you demo right. video. That one, the one with John Bon Jovi. Yeah. Right. But I mean, maybe it's a live video you're talking well, about. Well, it's it, all played with us live. See, it looked it looks live. But yeah, that's it's what it must be, and maybe they just put it to the song or something. Well, because it's it's like a it's like I'll a, go look for it. I've never seen that. Yeah, because it's like um, it's it says it's the demo. At least that's how it's labeled on YouTube. It looks like it's it's on a yeah. It's set on the stage, but it looks like you guys are all kind of playing to the camera, and the camera's clearly on stage. And Paul Schaefer's off to the side, and I and you're kind of dancing along with him, and and then perform the song. But it's in the demo. I can tell it's a demo form of that, or at least it's a different form. But there's no live audience, from what I can gather. But you're on stage with Paul Schaefer, which made me go, "Oh wow, this is like the proto version." I'm gonna look at it, and I'll get back to you on that. I wonder if that was a TV show, or I don't I know wonder. what that was, because Paul, by the time we. Um, we're done with uh, that first EP. He got the Letterman gig, and he was no longer playing live with us. Mm. And that's why he's not in the Goodbye to You video uh, or the Line on You video, interestingly. Oh. But I'll go find that. Yeah. Okay. He was in the band. Right. Well, <laughs> he was how did an okay? Band member. Yeah. How did you get connected to him? That that's that was the long question. That was, was Zach. Like... That was Zach Smith. Zach Smith just put together studio musicians at first, huh. and so he had a mishmash of. I mean, uh, he had some of Elton John's, like Dee Murray played bass on his, uh, I forget who he had to do drums, on the on, on demos of songs that actually didn't wind up on the record. I think Line On You is the only one of the demos that wound up on the record. Mm-hmm. And uh, so when we got together and, put, and decided to make a band together, we had to hire people hmm. to play, right. you know, live. And so, and I think that's how he found Paul Schaefer. Paul Schaefer was a studio player. So that's that's how we found him. Cool. Well, and it, it, it ends up being a part of music history. I absolutely love that. Um, of all the videos you've shot over the years, right up to the most recent ones, even I mean, I suppose maybe not count Downtown Train because that was a, 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 an amalgamation of, of clips. But of every video you've shot throughout your career, what's your favorite one to have filmed slash taped? Probably Goodbye to You. Yeah, cool. that was the most fun. It was the first one. We did it ourselves without all these assholes telling us what to do <laughs> and what they thought we should do. We just did what I do, which is jump around and I like a camera. Mm-hmm. You know, like I was I was a big ham sandwich back then. So I just was like, Yeah. <laughs> so I would say we had the most fun on that. We had a lot of fun online on you also because we drank all, beer all day. I mean, I didn't even barely drink. I barely drank beer, but we shot that for like twelve hours. So that twelfth hour, we were pretty much in the bag, <laughs> and so that was that was a fun one too. I'd have to say Th- those two were the were the most fun. Um, and Goodbye to You is one of the first videos I ever remember seeing on MTV. I mean, to this day, when I see it, I have flashbacks to like early '83 or whenever we got cable here in Eau Claire, Wisconsin, or something. But I remember clearly seeing that on there. That's indelible. So that's that's like part of my first era of. Seeing music. So that one, I mean, it must have been getting a good amount of play on MTV if I caught it amongst all those as a four-year-old living here in in Wisconsin. I wasn't getting added on radio stations because, you know, back then you only added one chick a week. So I believe when I went out on my promo tour, you know, to bring my record to all these music directors at all these radio stations, they were like, oh, well, we're playing whoever it was. Yeah, There were only three. 
It was either Pat Benatar, Chrissy Hind, or Linda Ronstadt, say. I don't even know. Mm -hmm. And they would be like, well, we can't add this record because we're playing a chick. And that is how it went at every radio station. Think about that. I was like, wow, I couldn't believe it. So... Uh, and then, so what happened when MTV came out, you know, like that, this was when Zach was very progressive. He, these were these good ideas that he had. Some of his ideas weren't so great, but he's, this was a great idea. His wife was in fashion. She knew this fashion photographer. We went to his house, which was a loft, and we shot Goodbye to You. Hmm. And uh, it, when it went on to, uh, on to MTV before there were even commercials, right? I mean, we were one of the first 10 videos maybe on MTV. That's when it became a hit. But it became a hit in in the city, all around the country at different times. So we never really, um, we never really tracked high on Billboard. Right. Even though we were number one in all these different cities, we weren't at the same time. So it wasn't a very high numbered hit. But right. everybody knew that song. Yeah. Which is funny, but thank God for MTV, because without MTV, I don't think that song would have seen the light of day. Really. Mm-hmm. Well, and so, so I have to be indebted to Tom Preston and all those fuckers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, so the point now where, I mean, like I said, we play it on our station and we only play songs that are that are big hits, but it's not necessarily what's number one. It's what stood the test of time and people like to hear these songs right. after all these years. The, I mean, the go-to example I always go with was I Melt With You by Modern English, which what, got to like 38 or something, but it was played a lot on MTV and it stands to this, right. to this day. Right. And everyone knows the song, even if it wasn't a top 10 hit. You want to know what's funny about that? Because there was a book on this, and I remember reading an article about it. But if you go and look at the number one songs throughout the years, you'll be like, "What? Like it's so lame." Mm-hmm. What's number one? It's the top ten are great, but a lot of times the number one songs are just like that was number one over this. I mean, it's really funny. Uh-huh. It's like it doesn't. It's and you're right. It's whatever. There are certain songs that have stood the test of time that maybe weren't as big back in the day. Or in a movie or whatever. Right. For whatever reason, something else went to number one. Um, you Music, you were, we were kind of joking at the beginning about, all right, let's come out with more singles, more singles. But have, have you been writing more since the completion of It's About Time? Yeah. Yeah, I'm always writing. I mean, I, I don't feel like I've written enough because it's, you know, like in COVID, like my friend wrote a book. And, you know, well, I, I've sort of... Um, been working to promote this record so a lot of my time has been you know doing press and video and stuff like that but uh i'm back into this writing groove now there's you know it's like i i I sometimes have to just make myself start walking down the path Mm -hmm. you know because you can lose it you can lose the path and then it's like okay i gotta get back on the path of like thinking in about what what i need to talk about and so that's what's been happening. So I, I started writing the last couple of weeks again. Oh. Not that I don't, I'm not always writing down ideas and things like that, but actually sitting down and writing the songs. So what's the process for you when you, when you write? How does it, how does it come? Is it like inspiration? You have to sit down. What do you do? It, it, it's so many different ways. I don't think there's a wrong way to write a song, but um, for me, I mean, I like to have an idea when I walk in the room. I, I, I write a lot with this woman, Liz Rose, who wrote a lot of huge hits with, uh, with Taylor Swift. She's a country writer. She wrote Girl Crush with Love Junkies. Great writer. Didn't start writing until she was 40, by the way, hmm. FYI, which is pretty amazing. Yeah. And she never has an idea. She never goes in prepared. She's just like there. And she writes the most amazing lyrics, right? But like... And, you know, Melanie's and comes up with ideas and she's just so good at it. And I'm like, I can't do that. Like, I, I feel like I got to bring something, you know, into the room. And so 
we were writing the other day and I was like, I don't know, man, I don't. She goes, you always say you don't have something and you always do. <laughs> and so I had this idea. And, um, you know, and then I was writing with her and Lori McKenna. So we were in there and, you know, we, we kind of built on that idea. And then the next day I wrote with her with this guy, Jamie. And then I was like, well, I have this idea, you know, just crazy enough or whatever it was. And then we wrote that. So it, 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 it you know, even if I, I, I Sometimes I'll get like a chunk of a song, like with losing things mm-hmm. on this album. Yeah. I had written a whole thing, you know, my, my nerve, my, my word, all sense of time, the shoulder of a friend of mine. I, I had it in prose, but I don't like to write too much prose because if I write it too much like a poem, I can't hear it in a melody anymore. Oh. It just is a poem. So I have to start with like four lines and then I, I'll, I'll leave it go and try to write some whatever other notes I have with it. So it, it can happen like that. Or I can just go in cold sometimes and someone else will have an idea. But I feel like usually for me, because I guess I'm a recording artist, I'm driving the song idea. Mm-hmm. It's usually a seed from me, but but I'm, I'm, I'm also open to other people's ideas. So, but for, but most of the best songs that I've written, I guess, are songs that kind of, came from something that was rolling around in my head and, 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 and a niggle mm-hmm. like you know uh, a danger in loving somebody too much that was my thought with sometimes love i was like when i had my first kid i was like shit like this is some scary love and and i remember just being like mind blown by that and so when i sat down with ben burtnick he had this it was his birthday which i didn't realize that was a good birthday present for him but he sat down and wrote he started playing these chords and i just started singing the song and that song fell out <laughs> into our lap wow so that was the that's the one time when that and that happened with drive as well when i figured out the first line it all came wow is there anyone It'd be nice if that happened a lot well right <laughs> exactly the where yeah. where do you get that idea from where does it hit you and it's that magical thing of suddenly the the song is right there who would you most like to collaborate with if you if you could if you could pick anyone out there who would you like to collaborate with on a song or an album and it could be either a writer or producer or both or musician or whomever oh my god that i'd have to really like think about you caught me off guard that i know that i would um i would really love to sing with gladys knight Mm. i would love to be able to just do something like write a song for for her and i to sing together you know, like just do it like a chick duet, you know, um, that's one person as far as writing, you know, um, God, there's so many great writers. I don't, I don't, I'm afraid to even say, I mean, it would be cool to, I think, I, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I've got to figure that out. Who would I like to collaborate with? I would kind of like to try to write with one of these like young dudes like the weekend or mm-hmm. you know i don't know one of these hip-hop guys i like to do something really weird and outside the box you know like do it because i'm pretty rhythmic and like to so it'd be cool for them to be rapping or and for me to be able to sing the chorus kind of how like eminem and rihanna do their thing and it's right. so cool yeah like that kind of thing that would be neat um mm-hmm. but actually speaking of your voice uh, you're singing still after all this time, which is not always the easiest thing to do for a singer to maintain their voice over the course of several 
decades. I mean, I I, I do I, like <laughs> it's yeah, it's a thing. Like, I mean, I, I sing I sing in choirs here in Eau Claire. I mean, I'm not nothing to that level, but I gotta keep I gotta keep my voice in in shape. And talking on the radio, it gets rough. So yeah, you you know, I mean, it's a thing you gotta maintain over a long period of time. And you'll sometimes hear singers that are really good singers, and then their voice just starts to go. I mean, some of it's age, some of it's whatever they did, but it, person to person. How do you keep your voice still going so you can keep singing like this after all these, this time? Well, thank you for the compliment that I'm still singing well. I will say I, have a, I learned how to sing at 30. You know, I had already done a bunch of records and toured and all that, and I started to get, like, something on my vocal cords, and mm. I, my speaking voice was literally this low. So I went to see this. Uh, if you watch that Letterman thing where I did a whole lot of love or whatever, and he comes over, he has me come and sit down, I'm like, hi, dude. That's how low my voice is. <laughs> From slamming my cords and, like, singing balls to the walls. And so I, I, and I, at 30, I got allergies. And so I went to this teacher, Joan later, and she gave me speech therapy to get my voice pitched to where it is, which is still low, but not as low as it was. And she taught me, you know, how to sing and how to get the stuff tight. If you don't use it, you lose it. And that is it. Like you have got to use it. And I have stress about it because I'm not, I have, I've not been singing enough this year. I don't like warming up. It's boring to go la 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 Don't want to do it, you know, but I need to do it because, you know, I want to keep my chops, you know, and that that's what was great. That was great about touring. I've toured a lot in the last 15 years. That's helped me. But I also think for the 10 years before that, I wasn't out there slamming it. You know, I'm not doing it seven days a week. Because if you sing too much, you hurt your voice. If you sing too little, you hurt your voice. Then let's talk about my husband. This is a guy. There was a cartoon that I watched when I was a kid. I don't know what what uh, what the name of the cartoon was. But there was a, a character in the cartoon called Vavoom. <laughs> and he had this really giant voice. And when he opened his mouth, he was like a creature, though. And when he opened his mouth, like, you know, everyone would be blown out of the room. That is my husband. His voice is so loud. He does commentary. He jams all night with his band, screaming and singing. He has never lost his voice. He's never lost his voice. He's never had like a, maybe one time he got sick or something, you know, like, but the dude has got a bionic voice. That I don't understand. Wow. He never loses his speaking voice. Ever. <sighs> never. Oh. So that is like a physiological phenomenon. And there are people like that, I think. But, you know, for me, I know, because I've started doing yoga again and stuff and, like, realize, oh, my God, how stiff I am. Yeah. You know, like, I don't have the same flexibility I did. And so I know when I heard singers that I loved, and as I watched as they got older, their vibrato, <laughs> that's lack of control. And that's not having the right teachers. And if you're not lucky enough to get, I am so grateful that i found joan later she teaches every broadway star every opera singer. she is a monster at what she does and without her i know that i wouldn't be able to do it i know that she's always it's amazing too because i don't see her you know that often obviously um because for whatever reason I'm, if i have a problem i'll go see her but once in a while i check in and she's always got something new man <laughs> it's always some, a new little th trick and it's amazing because it really is things you have to think about, but it's very mental. It's it's so abstract that a lot of people can't even get what she's trying to tell them. Like I've sent people to her and they're like, what the hell is she talking about? I'm like, I don't know, but it works for me. <laughs> you know, Like think of a number 
and you know, and sing up here, like above your ears, like things like that, you know, and stay straight. And this is a box. And then it's very funny, but it's, I understand it and yeah. it worked for me. And I'm lucky. I'm really lucky. Apart, and uh, that, that, that also could be it, that I'm lucky. Yeah, what whatever works, but it's it's sounding good. Like I said, I mean, we're we're still hearing it after all these years. If you could still sing the songs, that's awesome, and you're doing it. That's great. If- I'm still singing them in the same keys too, man. Oh yeah, quit on that, which is amazing too. I haven't had to lower them yet. Right, me still, but not yet. Keep it going <laughs> as long as you can. That's uh, some of us are. Uh, not not too many, but I'm one of those types that I have to hear a song in its original key. And if I hear a singer, I, I understand like why. But if I hear them start lowering it, it it bugs me. For I think it's just because of my my memories of the song being in its original key. So mad props to anyone who can pull it off. If you're if you're able yeah. to do it, you well, might Tony as well. Bennett is still doing it. I think pretty much. I think he may have only just lowered the key to "I Left My Heart in San Francisco." Maybe not. I mean, the last couple of years. But I also think you know, the other thing is is like I'm not going to name this person who I'm thinking of because I love him, but. He always sang at the top of his range, and it bothered me that he sang at the top of his range back in the day because I liked him a little bit lower than that anyway. And and that now as we're older, you know, there's no way you can stay up. You know, you can go up there and hit a note here or hit a note there, but you can't sing the whole shit at the top of your thing. It's like it's exhausting, and it's re- way harder to do it in the original keys when you're at the top of your range in them. Yeah. So it's something to think about when you're writing and you pick a song to record. It's like, you don't really want to be up there the, the entire time. Right. That makes a lot mm-hmm. of sense. Um, speaking of, of songs, if you were to cover another song or songs for any future project, what's kind of at the top of your list? And does it matter or depend on the other songs on a given album like you had the covers yet you, you included again downtown training this past one for exa- for example on a future one it has you- to yeah. it has to it, it has to be in 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 line with the other songs i think yeah right uh i would like to do an r&b record that's that's what i would like to do and i think i may i have i but what's funny to me like a or a soul more of a soul record could 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 include country and r&b because to me, you know, those old country songs are soul, they're, they're soulful songs. They're like sad ass, you know, they come from Irish and Scottish folk songs, which is my heritage. And so I think I would, it would be fun to do, uh, and, and Henley and I have talked about doing a, we, we did a cover of, a, of an old stylistic song years ago. And so we've talked about getting together and do that, doing that someday. But I think I, I think it would be really fun for me to just do all those songs that I grew up singing that, that I love so much. It would be a fun departure to do, but I, I didn't know which, what I would have to figure out what songs I wanted. I would want to do. Okay. Um, on that. last question for you, actually go, go in a bit of a different direction, but one person, are you familiar with a person named Chevy Smith? Of course. Okay, yeah. good. Um, I know her because her mom used to work at this radio station up until what? the yep tammy her her mom yes her mom tammy and chevy was here like uh four or five days ago we were supposed to get together to write the day before yesterday but she got a cold oh gosh 
You're supposed to come Tuesday. Yeah. Huh, cool. Isn't yeah. that funny? Wow. So cool. hi Pammy. I love your daughter. I will I will <laughs> pass that along to her because she yeah, she did work here. Pandemic happened, personnel all changed, but but she was in the building just the other day, actually. And I was like, oh, Tammy, wow. first time I've seen you in forever. She works like two blocks west of here with uh with the country jam. Uh it's a big country festival we have here in Eau Claire. So she works over there. But yeah, I, I see her online all the time. And I've been in touch with Chevy a couple times. And at some point, Tammy had mentioned you knowing Chevy. That's part of how this well, guy... Chevy wrote, Chevy wrote, I'm going to... Chevy wrote a song with me on my record. No one gets what they want. It was me and her and Liz Rose. Cool. So Chevy is, is one of the songwriters, yeah. Oh my gosh, I, I didn't look that deep in the liner notes. That's really, really awesome. I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to text Chevy about that now. That's really cool. Oh my gosh! Well, small world strikes again on, yeah, on this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and Tammy's and like I said, is an absolute joy. Has been gr- was it's great to work with, and still great to see here around Eau Claire. So I'll pass that along next time I'm in touch with her and say that you said hi on that. That's really cool. All right. So All right. nice to talk to you. You'd be well. Stay safe out there. Okay? You as well. Keep your voice going as good as it is. Okay, and- I'm gonna try. Thank you so I'm much, go Patty. Warm up now. All right. Thank sounds you. good. Patty Smythe. That was such a fun interview with her. Um, they, by the way, because she had asked, what is my favorite song on her album? The answer with that to that, because after the interview was done, went back, listened through all the clips of the songs. Because like I said, I'd, I'd listened through, through the album at least a couple times. My favorite song is one of the singles, Build a Fire. I'd say only one is a close second. I like the driving nature of both of those songs. Uh, in particular, but they're all good. Um, the covers are good. It's it's all good. Give it a listen. It's about time. The latest album from Patty Smythe. You can learn more about what she's doing at her website, Patty Smythe and Scandal dot com. Patty Smythe and Scandal dot com. It's on social media as well. You can keep up with her. Uh, additionally, there. This has been the latest edition of Got Time for a Quick Story. Thanks, as always, to Greatest Hits 98.1 Radio for providing facilities to do these interviews. You can listen to and, in some cases, like with this one, watch the interviews on our YouTube channel. You can get there via GreatestHits981.com. There's a link at the top of the page. There's also a page of interviews at GreatestHits981.com below Features, where it says Features. It says Interviews. You can click there as well and watch a lot of our interviews that I do. And also my coworker, John Murphy, uh, does with uh, Assorted Musicians. And you can also subscribe to this podcast, Got Time for a Quick Story, that a lot of the usual platforms, Apple, Android, a lot of uh, Stitcher and Spotify, et cetera, et cetera. Subscribe so you get new episodes when they arrive and rate the podcast preferably higher so word gets spread around about it. Got time for a quick story. I'm Luke Anthony.